Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, man, when you guys were saying that, it is the thing of I'm going to live, I'm going to live, I'm going to live again. So right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, any area of your life where you have felt a deadness, any area of your life where you have felt that there are dreams, that there are hopes, that there are visions of your future that have died, that have been buried, that have gone under worry, that have fallen under doubt and fear, those areas that you feel have laid laid dry, that have laid dormant, especially in this time where we've been in stay-at-home orders. For those places in your life that you feel are just dry, right now, in the name of Jesus, we speak to those areas and we say, I'm going to live, I'm going to live, I'm going to live again. It's the same place where Ezekiel was in the valley of the dry bones and God asked him, can these dry bones live? And Ezekiel replied and he said, God, you know. What he was saying is, God, I don't know exactly what the future looks like, but I trust you in it. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we just declare, and I want you to say that out loud. I am going to live again. If there are hopes for certain areas of your life, maybe prayers that you've been praying for a really long time, places that you've been standing in faith for a long time, and you're not seeing breakthrough, you're not seeing something happen. You've been praying for years. Maybe you've been praying for two weeks. Maybe you've been fasting for a day and you're waiting for breakthrough and you're like, when God win, it's exactly what God asked Ezekiel. Can these dry bones live? Can these dry bones rise again? And Ezekiel's response to God was, God, you know. What he was saying is, God, I don't know the time. I don't know the exact plan. I don't know what every detail is. But God, and in every part of it, I trust you. I look to you. And you have all wisdom and knowledge. And if you're asking me the question, can these dry bones live? It's because you've got a plan to raise them up. And you're just looking for somebody to partner with on this earth that will say, yes, God, these dry bones can rise again. If you call them to rise, they're going to rise. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we release your breath into every area of our lives over those areas of prayer that we have been praying and standing in and believing. God, we release your breath. We release your power over those prayers. We release your life over the areas where prayers maybe have lost hope, where they fall in dormant, where they're laying dry. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, that your breath would breathe over those and bring life back into those prayers again. And that, Father, that our expectancy would be raised in such a way that we're looking at it, anticipating it to happen any moment, any moment. You know, it's that thing that, uh, when you, when you say, how long God, how long? Well, when you believe and you trust him, your breakthrough is right around the corner. It's right around the corner. Man, there's some breakthroughs getting ready to happen right around the corner. You guys right around the corner, man. I don't know if you guys can just like Give CW and Kirstie a hand clap from your living room, from your campsite. I don't know, but people aren't allowed to camp right now from your living room. That's very sad, not camping. Anyway, you guys, I absolutely love that. Thank you so much for doing that song today. That is so good. It's funny because I feel like that song was a perfect setup for where we are going today with the message. My name is Lynette. If I've not got to meet you or shake your hand when you've been here at the church, then I am pleased to get to meet you this morning. And hopefully one day soon, we will be able to shake hands. I'm a hugger. 
I am <clears throat> natural. I like to hug. So um, this social distancing thing is uh, really hard for me. <laughs> it's, not, it's not my normal uh, behavior. So anyway, I um, hug on my daughter and my husband a lot. Our son was just home, and so I get to hug on him, so I get my, my hug quota filled. So I want to say happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers out there. I want to say happy Mother's Day to my mother. I know that uh, she is watching at home. And so happy Mother's Day, mom. I love you. And you know, this is a different kind of Mother's Day because moms are having a whole lot more expectation and uh, jobs to do right now than uh Typically, moms have become teachers. They've become nursery uh, caregivers. They're doing everything. So thank you to our moms for being so amazing. We love you, and we appreciate you, and we ask God's extreme blessing on you today. So with mothers, Darren actually said it. Thank you, moms, for being carriers. And that is what I want to talk to you about today, is I want to talk to you about being a carrier. And right now, we're hearing a lot of conversation on uh, the news about being a carrier of things that are not good. If you are a carrier and things are uh, in you before that you know that they're in you and that you're contagious and you're spreading things. Today, I want to talk to you about being a carrier of good things. I want to talk about being a carrier of life and legacy. Uh, a few months ago, you know, I, I say that God knew that this whole stay-at-home thing, the coronavirus and what we were going to be in right now, this is not a surprise to God. God knew. And one of the ways that I know that is because several weeks, a couple of months, I think, before uh, this whole stay-at-home order came about, something really spectacular and over the top happened, and that was that we could actually have Disney Plus in our home. I'm looking at my daughter. (laughs) When we found out that we could have Disney movies in our home anytime we wanted to, we were so excited about that. And actually, my daughter and I were in the store when we got the news that Darren had downloaded the app and we had Disney in our home, and she actually did a dance in the aisle. And I sent a video of the dance to my husband because she was so happy that we had Disney in our home. And one of the uh, things that is on Disney Channel right now, for those of you that have it, see, this is, I knew God knew in advance because we have Disney in our home. And that has been of great comfort to my daughter because she's been able to watch Disney Plus in our home. So uh, one of the movies that's on right now is a documentary movie, and it's just simply called Elephant. And I don't typically watch the Disney animal documentary movies because something always dies. And it's typically the baby that you get super attached to. And I don't like that. And it makes me cry. So I don't watch them. So I actually Googled it to find out if this was a safe movie for me to watch or not. And it turns out that it was safe. So if you haven't watched it, I hope I'm not spoiling it for you right now. But this movie Elephant was I actually watched it twice because Riata fell asleep during the first time, so I made her watch it with me again. And <laughs> so anyway, uh, this movie is so good. It is a documentary of a particular herd of ele- elephants, 
and it is documenting their journey across the Kalahari Desert, and it is uh, telling about their life, and it is the story of the matriarch of the herd, and a particular mother, and then a particular young one in the herd. And it is just a very, the scenery, everything in it is just so well done. But what I, as I'm watching it, the way that my mind works, the thing that I'm thinking about is I am in awe of the instinct that is on the inside of these elephants because as they're making their journey, it is an eight-month journey that they are making across the desert and they know where to go and when they need to be in a certain place for water. They know about certain trees that are a very important source of water for them. They know about how to um, shake trees to get food out of them. And it's just, I, the whole time I'm watching it, I'm thinking, God, that is fascinating to me that these elephants know what path to follow, where they need to be, when they need to be there, what they need to do to get food, how to take care of their young, when certain things happen, how to maneuver around those things. And I'm just, the whole time, I am just in awe of the way that God made these animals. And it just put me in a place of thinking about how detailed God is with his creation and how intentional and how purposeful he is with everything that he does, that even with the elephants, that he created them with something on the inside of them to be able to know what to do. And then he created a tree that would provide what they needed in a certain season and would put that tree in the exact place where it needed to be for these elephants on their journey. It just, all of it was just so fascinating to me. And so that made me think about how intentional God is with his creation, and if he is that intentional with his creation of the Kalahari Desert and of elephants, how intentional is he in his creation of you and I? So when you look in Genesis in chapter 1, in, uh, it, toward uh, the end of Genesis there in chapter 1, it's talking about God, God goes through all of creation and he creates everything. And then it says this when he gets to the creation of man. It says, so God created man in his own image. He created them male and female. So he says that that is how intentional he was with his creation, that he created them in his likeness. And there was a purpose and a, and, a, and a point in that. It wasn't just that God wanted to be able to look at something that looked like him. He was so detailed in the creation of man that he wanted them to reflect his glory, that he wanted them to be able to carry the likeness and the image of who he is. And then it goes further down and it says that he created them, male and female, and then he commanded them that they would be fruitful and multiply that they would inhabit the earth and be fruitful and multiply. Now, remember when he said this, he was saying it as one man was standing in front of him, the one man, Adam. But knowing on the inside of Adam was the rib which he would take to make Eve. 
And so as he was speaking this, he's speaking this knowing that Eve would then be the one that would be the one who would be the carrier of life, that would multiply life. So as he speaks to Adam, he's speaking to the potential to carry life. He's speaking, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. And that is God's plan from the beginning, that we would be fruitful and multiply, that we would inhabit the earth, that we would multiply in the earth, that we would be fruitful in our time here in the earth. We were created with the ability, woman, God created woman with the ability to carry life. We have the distinct honor of being the ones who feel life on the inside of us before anybody else can see it, before anybody else gets to hold it, before anybody else gets to feel it, the woman, God's creation, gets to feel and carry life before anybody else does. I think that's a tremendous... uh, I think that speaks volumes of how much God loves his daughters. That right there speaks of how precious God's daughters are to him. So God is looking for people to partner with him on this earth to be carriers. God is looking for the continuation of being fruitful and multiplying in being carriers on this earth for him. Because God says to us that his plan from the beginning is life and legacy. As we are carriers, we give life and legacy. He says to us when in Matthew chapter six, Jesus is, is speaking and he's telling, this is how you should pray. And when he says this, he's not saying, I want you to pray this word for word. What he's doing is he's giving us a model and saying, when you pray, remember these types of of ideas and concepts in your prayers. Remember God in this manner. And in one part of that prayer that Jesus is praying, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, Jesus says this, your kingdom come, your will be done. He's saying, God, your kingdom come, God, your will be done on earth as your kingdom exists in heaven. So when Jesus is praying this, what he's demonstrating to us is he's saying, God is looking for people to partner with him here on this earth. And what he's looking for is for people here on the earth to be carriers of heaven and to release heaven on earth. Yes, God can come down and do miraculous things, but what he's looking for is for those people that were created in his likeness and in his image that he said, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. He's looking for those people who will look to him and say, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and use me to be a carrier of that life and legacy to release that here on the planet earth. Whatever is in heaven, the joy that exists in heaven, the life that exists in heaven, the prosperity that exists in heaven, the provision in heaven, God use me as a vessel to release that into this earth because your plan from the beginning was that I would be a carrier and that I would be fruitful and that we would multiply. Now, this doesn't apply to just women. When we go into this 
aspect of being fruitful and multiplying and being a carrier, this isn't just women. This is to everybody who has breath. This is to every creation. This is to all of us saying, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I am a carrier of that men and women. This is where God wants to expand. And for all of us to be carriers of that life that exists in the heavenly realm that he wants us to release that into the earthly realm. He wants to release heaven on earth and you and I are the ones that he is called to do that. So in order to be carriers of heaven and release heaven on earth, we have to be connected. You can't release what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. So in order for us to be carriers of heaven, we have to be connected to the heavenly source. And how do we do that? But through Jesus Christ. He says to us in John chapter 15, and I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation, John 15, starting in verse 4. Of course, I'm reading out of the Passion because that's my favorite. So John 15, 4, it says, so you must remain in life union with me. This is Jesus speaking, and Jesus says, so you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine has will not bear fruit so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine he goes on in verse 5 and he says i am the sprouting vine and you're my branches as you live in union with me as your source fruitfulness will stream from within you but when you live separated from me you are powerless what he's saying to us there is he's saying there is a way that I want you to release heaven. There is a way that I want you to be a carrier. And the way for you to be a carrier is to be connected with me. And it's not just connected with me. It's intimately joined to the father. We're going to hear more about that in just a minute. But in order for you to release something, you have to have that. You have to be a carrier of that to release it. So if you're going to release joy, you have to have joy. If you're going to release hope, you have to have hope. And in order for us to have those things in an abundant, overflowing supply, when we are connected to the Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ, we have a continual, never-ending, abundant supply of everything that exists in the heavenly realm for us to release that here into the earth because we are carriers. We are carriers of life and legacy. I want to take a look at probably the best known mom in the Bible, and that would be Mary. Most of the time, this scripture and this passage is read at Christmas, but this fits so well with what I believe God is wanting to teach us and wanting us to be aware of today. So I want to go to Luke chapter 1. And this is giving the account of when the angel comes to visit Mary and to explain to her what is going to happen. And he's bringing good news to her. So the angel comes to Mary and in Luke 128, it says this, Gabriel appeared to her, to Mary and said, grace to you, young woman, for the Lord is with you. And so you are anointed with great favor. Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this may mean for her. Verse 30, but the angel reassured her saying, do not yield 
to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. You will become pregnant with a baby boy and you are to name him Jesus. Now, the thing that the angel says to Mary is he says to her, the Lord is with you. What he is saying to her is that Mary, God has seen you. God has seen that you are created in his likeness and in his image. And he has seen that you will partner with him to be a carrier. What he's saying is Mary, God is with you. God has chosen to come and to be with you, to keep company with you, to be your companion, to come and just to be in your presence. We think about going and being in God's presence, but God is speaking to Mary and he He's saying, I have come to be in your presence. So he says that God has chosen you to partner with him. What is happening here is an amazing miracle because the angel pronounces to Mary that a miracle is about to happen, that you are going to be infilled with the life of heaven. You are about to become a carrier of heaven. This has never happened before and it will never happen again. You are about to do something, Mary, that is unprecedented. This is a one-time thing. And Gabriel announces this to Mary. And when he announces this to Mary, what we have to understand is that, yes, this was an unprecedented thing that was about to happen the miracle impartation of our savior lord jesus christ into mary but then what we also need to understand is that the unprecedented set a precedence god did not do that in that moment to leave that right there and for that to never be revisited or for that to not establish something for everyone that would come after her Because when God established that unprecedented moment with Mary, it established a precedence because Mary then said, the angel finished speaking to Mary in verse 37, and it says, not one promise from God is empty of power for nothing is impossible with God. This is what the angel declares to Mary. Then Mary says back to the angel, I will be a mother for the Lord. As his servant, I accept whatever he has for me. Mary, may everything you have told me come to pass. So what happened in this unprecedented moment set a precedence that from now forward, God is looking for people who will accept what the word of the God says, will accept the power of the word, the promise of the word, the life of the word, and will receive that into their being. And in the unprecedented impartation of our Lord Jesus Christ to Mary, set a precedence for everyone that would come after her, that if we would just believe on the word of God, that we would become carriers of life and power of everything that exists in the heavenly realm, that you and I now because of Mary and the unprecedented faith that was established through her. Now you and I now are called to be carriers of heaven, that the miracle that happened with Mary established a precedence that God says nothing is impossible with him. That you and I, as unbelievable as that sounds, that Mary would carry the son of God, that you and I now 
are walking in the precedence that God is saying, I'm asking you to be a carrier of the impossible. I'm asking you to step out of what the norm is. I'm asking you to step out of what is culturally acceptable of what your family says or what your past says or what your mind or your thoughts may tell you. And I'm asking you just to listen to my word and just to respond to me and say, Whatever you say to me, I am willing to be a carrier of your promise, God, and I will do whatever you called me to do because with you, nothing is impossible. That is the precedence that was established with Mary. Yes, that was a one-time miracle that happened there. But when God does something like that, what he's wanting us to do is he's wanting us to look at that and see, God, what did you establish right there? Because when that was established, now that is established forever. That is an eternal establishment right there. I just preach myself happy on that. I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, Mary became a carrier of life and legacy. What would happen through Mary would affect everyone f- for, for all of eternity. It wasn't just something that happened in that moment. That was a game changer. That was a shift. That shifted history. That shifted all of time as far forward and as, as far back. Man, that's amazing. What God demonstrated through Mary, he dreams of demonstrating through every one of us. What he established through her, he wants to establish through every one of us that nothing is impossible. Just like those elephants in the movie that I was watching, each one of them had to make a journey from one point to another. And there was a lot that happened on that journey. But what that journey was doing is it was taking them from one place where if they stayed in that place, what they needed to survive would not be in that place anymore. And so they were taken on a journey that would lead them to the place that would allow them to continue to live and to multiply. And so it's the same thing that God does for us is we are all on a journey And when we step into that relationship with God, into connecting with heaven so that what heaven supplies to us, then we can release into the earth. You and I go on a journey. And once we step into that place, we are asked to then move. We're not asked to connect with heaven so that we can sit and hoard everything up and sit and say, well, I'm all good. I got all the joy. I got all the peace. I've got all the health. What God is wanting us to do is he's wanting us to plug into that and receive. So now we go on a journey. And what I want to talk to you about now is I want to share with you three stages of the journey of a carrier. I want to share with you three things that I've learned as number one, being a mom, but number two, being in ministry and stepping out in faith with God. And some of you might be sitting there saying, well, I'm not in ministry. I don't think, you know what? You are in ministry. Every single one of you are in ministry every single day. Every single one of you is marked and called by God. You are called to be carrier. So yes, that is your ministry, taking a hold of what is in heaven and releasing it into the earthly realm in whatever realm you're in. So there is a journey that every carrier goes on. And the first stage of that journey is conception. Conception happens and something is placed on the inside of you. But conception happens only through intimacy. True conception happens through intimacy. And what I want to say to you is that conception takes place when you come into intimacy with the heavenly father, 
when the heavenly father comes to be with you, his, his invitation is open. And when you accept that invitation to come into relationship with the heavenly father, it's exactly what was said is that we would be intimately joined to him back in John, when Jesus was speaking is that we would be intimately joined with him. Why are we to be intimately joined with him is because through that intimacy conception takes place and the conception that is birthed on the inside of every one of us is true identity. We are all looking for belonging. We are all looking for our purpose. We are all looking for why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? And am I, am I fulfilling my life purpose? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And what is, what is the purpose of being on this big blue earth? But see, when you come into intimacy with God, when you come into that connected relationship with him, your identity is imparted on the inside of you. And you're no longer running around looking at where you belong and who you belong to. And, you know, maybe this is in your past or that's in your past. When you connect intimately with the Father and your identity is imparted on the inside of you, that identity on the inside of you then becomes what you follow the rest of your life. That Holy Spirit, the minute that we receive that connection with heaven, the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, that same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead comes to live on the inside of you. That is how intimate the Father wants to be with you. I said in the beginning, I'm a hugger and I like giving hugs. You know what? Hugging wasn't enough for God. He didn't want to just wrap his arms around you. He wanted to give his spirit to be in you. That is how close God desires to be with you. The first stage of a carrier, the first part of the journey for a carrier is conception. This stage is marked by awe and wonder. As you connect with your heavenly father, it puts you in a place of awe. That God who created all of everything that I see as far back and as far forward as my mind can think and beyond, that same God took the time to create you and me and to put his breath on the inside of us and to know the number of hairs that are on our head, to have our name written in the Lamb's book of life, to have a destiny planned out for us. He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you to give you a future and a hope. He says, I know you, I knew you when you were in your mother's womb, when you were still in the inward parts, before you were ever even put together, God knew you. That is how precious you are. So this stage of journey of conception is marked by awe and wonder. It's marked by celebration. The Bible tells us that every time a person comes into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, that the angels rejoice. They like throw a big party, y'all. That's what happens in heaven. It is marked by celebration. And oftentimes it's also marked by surprise. The same is the same as there are couples who are, you know, they say we're trying to have a baby or we're, we're wanting to have a baby. The exact time of that is a surprise. It's known by God, but for us, it's a surprise. And you know, there are so many stories of people encountering the love of God and it completely takes them by surprise. There are people who have been pursuing it, but God is pursuing you even harder than you think you're pursuing him. This stage is a beautiful stage. And after conception for the journey of a carrier, 
The second stage is pregnancy or gestation. And some of you men are like, oh, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. Think about the gestation period. In that movie, The Elephants, that documentary, I learned the elephants are in gestation for two years. What the heck, moms, can you think about that? That's a long time to be carrying a baby. But that goes to show that everything has a different time for development. So when we are carrying the life of God, when we are carrying the dream of God on the inside of us, when that life is imparted to us, now God wants us to begin to dream with him. He wants us to take the limits off. He wants us to think of what was impossible is now possible with him. And as we are carrying the life of God on the inside of us and we begin to dream with him, we allow heaven to begin to paint our future. We allow heaven to establish what is possible for us. We allow heaven to direct our path. As we do that, we realize that the things that we are carrying, the hopes and the dreams on the inside of us, each one of those has a different gestation period. The definition of gestation is the process of carrying or being carried in the womb between conception and birth. It is the development of something over a period of time. That period of time, the time that you carry something, when God imparts a hope to you, when God imparts a vision to you of something that you believe that God is calling you to do in the future, that time period of the time that you carry that on the inside of you is established by God. It's different for every dream. It's different for every hope. It's different for every purpose. But as a person, as a born again child of God, every one of us is carrying the dreams of heaven. We are carrying the dreams of our father. We are his legacy. God has a plan and a specific purpose for every single one of you. And his desire is that you would be pregnant with the hope and the dream that he has for your life, that you would be pregnant with heaven. And as you carry that, then God begins to speak over that. God begins to speak to you about what you are carrying as a dream and a hope on the inside of you. When you partner with God, he says he gives you the desires of your heart. So those desires that are on the inside of you, some people have this thing, well, I don't know if I want to give my life to God because he's going to take everything away from me that I enjoy. That is a really skewed and very religious view of God because actually what happens is you find out those things that I am super passionate about, those dreams that I have, God is the one who put those in there. And when I partner with him, I actually take hold of the provision in the heavenly realm, the wisdom, the knowledge, the timing, and the understanding that it's going to take for me to walk this out. When we partner with God in our dreams, then we begin to receive the timing of God over our dreams. And what happens is that this grows and is nurtured on the inside of us. You have life of a dream on the inside of you right now. And that dream that's in you, maybe you've spoken it out and maybe you haven't. The vision of the future that you have on the inside of you right now is a vision that God has imparted to you from heaven when you partner with him. And so that dream that is in you that you are pregnant with, nobody else can see it. 
Nobody else can feel it, but it's being developed and it's growing in the secret place with you and God. Nobody else may understand it. When God puts something in your heart, I know that when Darren and I were looking at coming here to start a church back in 2000, May of 2000, man, we're coming up on the anniversary. In May of 2000, when we were looking to come here and start this church, we were coming here with no promise. We had nowhere to live. We had no income. We didn't have a church. There was nobody saying, hey, if you'll come here and start a church, we want to come to that church. We didn't have people that are saying, we'll go and we'll start that church with you. We didn't have a, um, a, a denomination that was backing us and saying, we're going to give you this many thousands of dollars to go start a church. What we did have was a dream that God placed on the inside of us. We had a vision on the inside of us. The Bible says to write the vision and make it plain that those who read it can run with it. We started writing down what are the things that God is speaking to us about this. And as we began to do that, this began to grow. We became pregnant with this church before it was ever established. Before the first person ever walked through the door, we became pregnant with the vision that God had and what he wanted to do in this area. So as we were carrying that and we would talk about it to some people, um, they thought we were crazy. They thought that we had lost our marbles. Then right as we're getting ready to do this and we have nowhere to live, we have no income, we have, we had nothing. We find out that we're pregnant with our son. You can't have no baby. Like how many, you know, how many times people have said, you, I, I can't have a child yet. We're not ready financially. Or I hear people say when we're ready financially, when we're ready with our home, when we're ready with this and blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something. God's timing is everything. God knew exactly what he was doing because he imparted to us a dream and a vision to start this church and at the same time imparted life literally on the inside of me. So as I was carrying Rhett on the inside of me and we are dreaming about this church, God is developing and he's breathing on that life on the inside of Darren and I. There is a dream that God has on the inside of you. And if you spoke that dream out to some people, and maybe you have, they tell you that you're crazy. They tell you it makes no sense, that it's not logical, that there's no way that that can be done. But we go back to the precedence that was established with Mary, that if we believe on what God says, we say, God, we will be carriers of your dream here on this earth. And we will release that. This season of gestation and pregnancy in the journey of a carrier is marked by intense prayer and worship. This is a critical part of the pregnancy or gestation stage for a carrier, that we be in prayer and worship with God. Because in that prayer and worship with God, what happens is we hear the heartbeat the heartbeat is the sign of life. And if you and I are engaged in prayer and worship with God, we are hearing the heartbeat of the Father. When you and I are in intimate relationship with him, I want you to get the picture of you crawling up into the lap of God and sitting in his lap and him just wrapping his arms around you. And I want you to picture him just closing his eyes and resting his cheek on the top of your head as you lay your head on his chest and you hear the heartbeat of your father. 
And as you hear the heartbeat of that father, it gives life to what you're carrying on the inside of you. And as long as you are connected with the heartbeat of that father, you know that there is life in the dream. You know that there is life in the vision that is on the inside of you. So this stage is marked by prayer and worship. This stage also is needs to be marked by being very open-handed with God. Because sometimes we can get an idea, we can get a vision, we can get a dream from heaven and we receive that on the inside of us and we take it and we hold on to it and we hold it and we start thinking, well, I need to do this and it needs to happen in this time. Oh, and I know a great spot for this and oh, I think that I can go here to get this funding or I can do this to make this happen. What happens every time we do that, we begin to close and close and close our hands. We need to stay very open-handed with the life that's on the inside of us. We need to allow God to lead it. We have to let God grow it. We have to let God impart wisdom on how that is to be done. We have to let God be the one who brings the nurturing to that. God is the one who brings life to the vision and the hope and the dream that's on the inside of you. When you start taking it all in and you start trying to make things happen, you will do things that will take the life that God has put in you and you will take that and you will put it right over into man's hands. First, yours and then other people's and you will allow other people you'll allow culture you'll allow time to dictate what that is supposed to look like when all along god has a plan god has timing just like for elephants it's a two-year gestation period for humans it's nine months god's timing is perfect in both and when you and i take the dream and the vision of heaven on the inside of us and we begin to try and make it happen we can birth something prematurely or we can hold on to something so tightly that we're not willing to let it be birthed at all. There's people that are watching this right now who have a dream and a vision of heaven on the inside of you. And because of something that I'm getting ready to talk about right now, you have been carrying that far beyond the time period that God planned for you to carry that. And it has become so laborious for you that it's actually become a point of grievance between you and God. God is saying, birth it, birth it. Because the third stage of the journey of a carrier is birth. God is calling us to birth the dreams and the visions of heaven. The same way that that we carry things for a certain period of time, there comes a point where that thing needs to be born, where that baby needs to be born, where that elephant needs to be born. And when that elephant, in the movie Elephant, there was an elephant that was born at kind of an untimely time. But God saw to it. It was so amazing how God saw to that they were in the right place at the right time for that elephant, that baby elephant to be born and to be taken care of. The same thing happens when you and I begin to birth the dreams of heaven. God sees that there is a right place and a right time and a right moment. And will there be pressure? Yeah, there's going to be pressure. Is there going to be discomfort? Yes, there's going to be discomfort. Is it going to cause you to step into a realm of uncertainty and and just hoping? Yes, because God says, I want your faith to be in me, not in what you can make happen, not what you can do, and not in your timing. God, just like with Mary, 
Mary said, I trust you. Let it be to me according to your word. We need to be in that same fashion with God and saying, let it be to me according to your timing, according to your promise, according to your vision, according to your purpose and your plan. So when we birth that dream of heaven, it is also marked by intense emotion. There's a lot of emotion that comes when you birth the dream of heaven. And part of that emotion is joy. There is such an excitement when I can tell you that when we look around, when we started this church back in May of 2000, uh, we thought we would really be going big guns and we would have accomplished really big stuff if we ever had 100 people come into this church. I never dreamed that we would be on the internet I never had an idea of being a church that was hundreds of people, but God did. Somewhere in the birthing of this church, in the layers there, God knew that it was going to be far bigger than anything that I had in my mind. Again, that's why it's so important that you stay open-handed with God. And as you are birthing those things that God has put on the inside of you, there will be a lot of emotion that takes place because it's something that you've carried. It's something that you have had in the secret place with God that nobody else knew about, that you and God were praying over, that you and God were speaking about, that you and God were, were talking about. And when that finally comes forward and everybody else sees it, some people will say, wow, that healing happened. Did you see that? They were healed instantly. You know what? That person may have been healed instantly in front of your eyes, but behind the scenes and in the conception and the gestation and the pregnancy, they were pregnant with that healing for years before it manifested in the natural. That person that breaks through into financial prosperity. Wow. Do you see how much money they have? They're so blessed. There was years of God speaking to them on how to be a good steward of God, teaching them of what he wanted them to do before that ever happened. So we see these suddenlies take place, but there are years oftentimes that went into that in the secret place, in the quiet, in the still with God before it was ever brought forth where everybody else could see it. But only God and that person may know about that. But we celebrate it either way. So I want to give you a couple of things that are, as you are on your journey as a carrier, there's a couple of things that at any point can cut that off and will destroy and take the breath of that away before it's ever even able to take its first breath. And the first one that I want to give to you is fear. When we are carrying the dream in the heaven, the dream and the vision of heaven, fear can set in big time because it's so much bigger than what you and I can handle. But when God gives you a vision of something, when God gives you a promise of something, God has already made a provision for that thing in the future. So when you and I are carrying those things, when you and I are thinking about what God is doing and what God wants to do, and we're thinking in the future, fear is going to come in to try and cut that dream off. And what will happen, here's, here's how you can know that fear is trying to come in and cut your dream off is that you begin to envision and think about the future separate from God. 
So in any way that you are envisioning the future, any way that you are seeing yourself, any way that you are um, looking at circumstances and moments in the future without God in the middle of it, that is fear. And that needs to be cut down and cut off immediately. You cannot afford to think on that for half a second. When you recognize that, you cut it off, you shut it down, and you don't think on that anymore. That will take away the life of the vision that God has on the inside of you quicker than anything is fear. The next thing that will try to come to take what God has put on the inside of you is words. Words that have been spoken over you in your past. Maybe people have told you that you're never going to amount to anything. Maybe people have told you that they wish you were never born. Maybe somebody has said to you that you were dumb. Maybe people have said to you that you're not good at certain things. Words are so powerful. And what God has put on the inside of us is more powerful as long as we give more weight to the word of God than any other word that's spoken over us. And the words that are so powerful are the ones that come out of your mouth. And you may think, you know, well, I don't want to get, I don't want to get religious over it. And I don't want to get sticky over it. But you know what? The words that come out of your mouth, the Bible says that there is life and death in the power of your tongue. So even those words that you speak over yourself, the words that you are saying just in conversation, we should be so aware of our words because the words that we're speaking can either bring life or death to that, what the dream that you are carrying on the inside of you. So anytime something, I, I can remember being in places and I remember sometime uh, somebody said over my kids, because I have a wonderful relationship with my children. That's not to say that there are times when we have intense conversation, but <laughs> I've always had a wonderful relationship with my children. And I remember one time somebody said to me, Will you just wait until they get to be such and such age and then then you'll see you'll you'll start to experience this the same thing that I'm going through. And right there in their face I said to them, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus because I was not going to have those words spoken over my children, over my relationship with my children. Now I'm not saying you got to get up in somebody's face. This was a church person and they shouldn't know better than to say stuff like that. But I'm not saying you got to get up in somebody's face in Walmart and tell them, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. But what I am saying is if somebody says something over me, over my family, over this church, over anyone in this church, on the inside of me right then, I will pray and I will say, I cut that off right now in the name of Jesus. And I begin to declare the exact opposite over them. So words are very, very important. James chapter one and verse 26 in the Passion Translation says this, if anyone believes they have a relationship with God, but fails to guard his words, then his heart is drifting away and his religion is shallow and empty. What that's saying to us is the words of our mouth will establish the depth of the dream on the inside of us. Be aware of the words that you are speaking. We are God's birthers. We are God's carriers of life and legacy on this planet. You and I are here, just like those elephants went on a journey. There was a, there was a point on that journey where there was a, a transference and a legacy was passed on. See, you and I are carrying something on the inside of us. And we birth that 
not just for ourselves, but we birth it for everyone that will come after us and everyone around us that would benefit from that. We are birthing legacy. The dreams that we carry are creating waves that will be felt for generations after us. Our lives are here to be felt long after we're gone because we are carriers of something eternal on the inside of us. And when we give place to that, it has a huge impact. The time that we're in right now is the time between Passover and Pentecost. What happened at Passover when the death angel passed over If you go back into the Old Testament where Moses then took the Hebrew children on a journey and they were to go to Mount Sinai and it was where God wanted to speak to them. What happened from that time is Moses brought them out of Egypt. They were brought out of slavery, out of bondage and into freedom. And we are preparing for the day of Pentecost that comes up later this month toward the end of May. This is a phenomenal correlation with what is happening in our world right now. And here's what I want to say to you is that everything that happens in the natural realm happens in the spiritual realm first. So if we are going to experience freedom and come out of this place of being in bondage to the coronavirus, being in bondage to fear, being enslaved to having to be home and to not be able to walk in complete and total freedom, you and I as the carriers and the birthers of heaven have to step into the place where we begin to carry that freedom in the spirit, where we are pregnant with freedom in the spirit. And then we release that freedom into the natural realm. And there is going to be a a breakthrough for you and I to experience in the coming days where we step into the freedom. When we're supposed to be safer at home, you and I are safe in faith and you and I carry the freedom that is needed to be released into this world for that thing to be broken, for the fear to be broken, for the lies to be broken, for everything, for truth, for God's truth to flood us and to flood everything around us so that you and I are demonstrating the freedom of heaven that God has for us. It is time for you and I to be birthing freedom. You and I to be birthing the thing that God has on the inside of us that you and I were destined to carry. The last, the last thing that happens for a carrier, I'm going to close with this, is that once something is birthed, it's not just left on the side of the road. It's not just, well, there it is, and now I'm done. That needs to be nurtured, and then from nurturing comes release. During the nurturing, an impartation takes place. The teaching of culture, the demonstration of the way that things are done. And as that happens, culture is imparted on the inside. And then when culture is imparted on the inside, they begin to understand that there is a legacy to be carried on. And the next generation has a legacy to carry on. But you and I have to be demonstrating that to them. You and I have to be nurturing them. You and I have to be imparting that to them. And this goes for mothers and fathers. We are in desperate need for fathers to step up and be nurturers. Our culture is suffering because of that. So you and I are nurturers. We nurture that culture on the inside and create legacy then to be multiplied as we release that. So right now, I want to speak to those of you that are at home 
and watching this. And maybe, maybe right now I want to speak first spiritually. Maybe there are those of you who feel barren spiritually because you feel like you don't have a dream. You feel like you don't have a vision from God. You don't feel like you're carrying something. The very first step in that is your connection with Father God through Jesus Christ. That is the first place where you become a carrier is through your conception of identity on the inside of you. And that comes through a relationship with God through Jesus. And if you feel barren spiritually right now, all it is is you opening up and saying, Jesus, I want to become a carrier and I want to follow you. Lead me in your path and demonstrate for me the life that God has for me to live. And I receive that into my heart by faith. When you do that, you are no longer barren. Maybe you prayed that prayer a long time ago, and today you need to pray that prayer again just to refresh, use your words to speak life into the environment around you, but to ignite that life that is living on the inside of you right now. And because it is Mother's Day, I want to do this. For any women who are out there who are physically barren, right now, if that is you, and you are sitting with your spouse. I want your spouse, I want them to put their hands on you. I want you to put your hands on your stomach. And right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I speak to that womb and I declare that that womb is full of life and that that womb is healthy and that it has been created by God to be a place where life would be nurtured and to grow. And right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come against barrenness and I say that you are full, that there is nothing wrong with you, that you are a woman created in God's image and in his likeness, and there's nothing missing and nothing broken. And I speak to you right now in Jesus' name, and I say that you are healed of anything that would try to keep life from happening on the inside of you. And I declare in Jesus' name that new life will begin to grow on the inside of barren wombs right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that it is your design that we be fruitful and multiply and we receive it just as Mary did according to your word and according to your promise. And we say it is done in Jesus name. Father, I thank you for the, the dreams that you have for us to carry. I thank you that you have called us to be carriers of life and legacy. I thank you, Father, that you lead us in your path, that in your path there is perfect provision for everything that we would need, regardless of what is going on in the world around us, that in your path, when you put a dream on the inside of us, you have already ordained everything that would be needed, but we have to take a journey. We have to walk with you in order to take that provision in that you have for us, God. And right now I pray for boldness for people to begin to take those steps, to take that journey as a carrier. And Father, I thank you for dreams and visions of heaven being birthed through people. I thank you for wisdom, heavenly wisdom on how that they are going to go about carrying the dream that you've put on the inside of them. I thank you, Father, that no dream that you have imparted on the inside of the people that are listening right now will go unborn. I thank you, Father, every dream that you have put on the inside of them will be birthed, that it will be carried to the fullness and that it will be birthed in your time. And then it will be nurtured and it will be released for multiplication Amen. in Jesus name. We thank you guys so much for joining us here today. We thank you for letting us come into your homes and to be a part of your family. We love you very much. We thank God for you. 
And thank you for being here with us today. Happy Mother's Day and blessings on all of you carriers of life and legacy. Have a great day.